Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dodgers, go. Way to save the season to throw. Fire What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of The Walkthrough uh, with me, your host, Jamie Hoyle. Uh, we are here tonight to talk about the first step in the Chargers offseason. Well, I mean, the, the next step, right? They already hired, they're hiring their coaches. They got Harbaugh, they got Ortiz, but the next major step in their offseason, and that is getting cap compliant. Uh, the Chargers right now are in a pretty bad way in terms of um, the cap. They are roughly $55 million, almost $56 million over the cap. Uh, so they're going to have to make some moves, um, make some cuts, some restructures, some extensions to get cap compliant, get themselves in a position where they can afford their draft picks, first of all. And second of all, um, bring the players back that they want to bring back and make some additions to probably what figures to be the middle of the roster um, at certain positions. So what we're going to talk about is what those moves will look like, 
who they have to cut, who they have to restructure, who they have to extend, who they might have to trade um, to get cap compliant. And we'll talk about the numbers. We'll break everything down. You can see I'm here by myself. Um, no guest this week. Um, but I did bring some friends with me in the form of some visual aids. So we are going to go through all the numbers. I wanted to make sure we had some some pictures and some numbers to look at so it's not just me talking into a microphone about finances, which obviously is thrilling. So um, let's go ahead and get started. We are going to start off by looking at the Chargers cap situation as of today. Um, as I mentioned, they are roughly $55, $56 million over the cap. So I'm going to share this with you. Um, this is what the Chargers salary cap situation looks like as of this very moment. Um, we are anticipating a salary cap somewhere in the neighborhood of $242 million. I've seen 242.5. I've seen 242. For the purposes of this exercise, we're going to go with 242. Um, they also are going to be rolling over somewhere in the neighborhood of $7.5 million in cap that they left is remaining from last year that they didn't use. So that takes them to roughly $249,537 um, to work uh, with an adjusted cap. Um, they have existing liabilities of $272,378,020. That is their top 50 players on the roster, plus they have to account for uh, league minimum salaries of about $775,000 um, for the last two spots on their roster, which they will fill at some point. So that comes out to a little over $272 million. They also have dead cap, um, which is in the neighborhood of just under $25 million. We'll call it 24.5, um, which leaves them with total cap a total cap number right now of negative forty seven million three hundred ninety seven thousand six hundred eighty six dollars uh, they also have to they have to leave themselves roughly eight million dollars to be able to pay for their draft picks because they're picking in the top ten so all said and done after we go through all those numbers they have they're a little bit more than fifty five million dollars over the salary cap before they start their off season, which obviously is not a place you want to be. Uh, I do think people have over-exaggerated to an extent what kind of a situation they're in and how difficult it's going to be to get out of it. As you will see as we get into this, there are definitely opportunities on the roster to be able to clear cap space and, and make room not just uh, to bring back the players that they want to bring back from last year, their, their UDFAs and restricted free agents and exclusive rights free agents, something we'll talk about in greater detail with Garrett and Craig uh, probably sometime next week. Um, <clears throat> but also to be able to, to be able to dabble in the free agent market as well. I think they'll probably be like mid-level players looking for some bargains and potential, um, you know, potential candidates for comp picks um, in the veteran market, but we'll see what that looks like when we get there. So we know going in, little over $55 million over the cap. And that is going to take us to, we're going to start with cuts. So the Chargers have a handful of cuts they can make to get themselves into a better position. 
we are going to start with one of the big ticket cuts. And that is wide receiver Mike Williams. Um, <clears throat> so as you look at this great visual aid that I made, hopefully you guys like these visual aids. Um, Mike, going into this year, has a cap number of $32.46 million. That consists of a $17 million base salary, $7 million in prorated signing bonus money. That is money that was paid to him at the signing of his contract uh, and then was prorated or basically amortized over the life of the deal for cap purposes. He also has a $3 million roster bonus, which is due on the third day of the 2024 league year, which will be somewhere around March 15th-ish. Um, and then there is $5.46 million in restructured money uh, from when they restructured his contract last year. So that leaves us at, at $32.46 million. Uh, this is an obvious cut for the Chargers. I think it's pretty hard to argue that they should keep Mike. Um, he's entering his age 30 season. He missed a lot of time last year. He missed significant time the year before. Um, he's been banged up. He's had knee issues. He's had back issues. Um, and he at $32 million, there's no real, there's no opportunity to restructure him without adding void years, which is something the chargers have not done. Um, and I don't think you really want to extend him, uh, just based on inconsistency and lack of availability. So that leaves you with cutting Mike, uh, with a cap number of $32.46 million dollars. You can save $20 million against the cap by cutting Mike prior to the start of the new league year. Uh, that gets rid of his base salary of $17 million and the $3 million roster bonus. Uh, it does leave you with dead cap of $12.46 million, but it's a net savings of $20 million. I think that is a cut that you make all day long and twice on Sunday. It's a very easy deal. Um, and now we are starting to chip away at that $55 million overage against the cap, which brings us to our very next cut, which in this case is going to be linebacker Eric Kendricks. So Kendricks signed a two-year deal last year. Um, it was for a total of a little over $13 million. He has a cap number this year of nine and a quarter million dollars, 9.25 million. That is made up of a $5 million base salary, $2.75 million in prorated signing bonus. Again, that is money that has already been paid to him um, and was spread out over the life of the deal for cap purposes. Uh, it would count against the cap as dead money this year if cut. Uh, he also has a one and a half million dollar roster bonus. Again, this is a very easy decision. Um, Kendricks was fine last year, I guess, um, up and down, struggled in coverage was okay at times against the run, but, you know, entering his age 32 season, uh, I think this is a group that needs to get younger and faster in the middle of defense. I actually think they need to get younger and faster pretty much across the board, but particularly in the middle of the defense, uh, and Kendricks is an easy cut. You cut him, you eat $2.75 million in dead cap. For a net savings of six and a half million, this is a no-brainer. Again, you do it all day and twice on Sunday. It's very easy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Eric Hendricks has to go. Uh, and that brings us to our next cut, 
which is defensive tackle Morgan Fox. So Fox is a little bit of a different situation, right? Um, with Mike, he's hurt, uh, production up and down, just not available. Uh, Kendrick's available, production not great. He's slowing down. He's a step and a half, two steps slower than what we remember him being. Um, just not the asset in the middle of defense that he once was. Uh, Fox, still productive, uh, had a solid year last year, um, and is a guy who has shown himself to be, you know, a solid contributor as a rotational interior defensive lineman, uh, particularly as a situational pass rusher. I think what gets him here, one is they need to save money. Two is Morgan Fox is a guy who was a very scheme specific fit with Brandon Staley. He thrived here because he knew the system and Staley knew how to use him. He is an undersized interior defensive lineman, which is something that um, Harbaugh has not typically favored in previous stops. Um, and he is not really twitchy or bendy or explosive enough to be on the edge. So it kind of leaves him in a gray area. He's kind of the odd man out, as I think they look to rebuild the interior of the defensive line yet again. Uh, so Fox, I think, is another guy who's an easy cut. Uh, Fox has a cap number this year of $4.75 million. Uh, that is made up of a $2.5 million base salary a $1.25 million prorated signing bonus and a $1 million roster bonus. So if you cut him, you eat one and a quarter million dollars to save three fifty. Uh, again, easy move, uh, veteran player, a guy who's probably going to land on his feet and find a role somewhere else. Just not really a great fit for the scheme. I know fans love him. I know he's been productive. I just think this was a Brandon Staley guy, a very specific scheme fit. That doesn't really work anymore, and it's kind of time to move on and beef up the interior that off of that defensive line. So Fox is another guy who I think winds up getting cut. Um, and that brings us to not a cut, but a retirement. And that is center Corey Lindsley. So this could go one of two ways, really. Um, Linz, I think Lindsay, Lindsley has hinted that he is leaning towards retirement, um, which is fine. If he does retire, it doesn't wipe out his money. Uh, what it actually does is it works basically like a cut, which is to say uh, the $5.2 million in signing bonus that's left on his deal over the next two years gets accelerated against this year's cap. Um they could, in theory, use a uh, post-June 1 cut to get rid of him to help spread out some of that cap hit. I just don't think that really helps them in this particular situation to get cap compliant. So I don't think that's a situation that we are going to see them get into here. Um, I, I think you know, you, there's a possibility for an injury settlement. It's hard to say what that looks like necessarily. But, you know, out of respect for Corey and with what he's going through, they, you know, they could go after his money. I don't think they will. I think he retires. I think they eat that $5.2 million. I don't think they go after any of the bonus for the two years that he didn't play. Um, so you're talking about a $14.1 million cap hit in, um, in 2024. Um which is made up of $11.5 million in base salary and $2.6 million in, in a prorated signing bonus. In this case, because they cut him in 2024 and he's got signing bonus left over the next two years, 
that 2025 number accelerates and goes against the cap this year. So you have a $14.1 million cap hit. You have $5.2 million in cap savings and and dead cap, excuse me. And you're left with a net cap savings of $8.9 million, which uh, is still a pretty nice number and it helps quite a bit. So I, you know, again, with Corey retiring, going through whatever it is he's going through from a health perspective, I wouldn't expect them to go after his money. That's a bad look with future free agents. Uh, an injury settlement is possible, but right now we're just going to keep this simple and we're going to go with Corey Lindsley retiring. And that saves the Chargers $8.9 million against the cap this year. Um, so what we have now after we go through the cuts and the retirement of Corey Lindsley So we have cuts of Mike Williams, Eric Kendricks, and Morgan Fox. Um, That is a total savings, plus plus the retirement of Corey Lindsley, that's a total savings of $38.9 million this year against the cap, which is a pretty hefty number. Uh, And that brings me to the next move, which is not a cut or retirement, but what I suspect. will be a trade. Um, And unfortunately, I did not upload the slide. So I'm going to have to pull that in here. Um, We are going to be looking at a potential Khalil Mack trade, which I know people are going to not want to hear. But I think this is a situation where Mack is 32, it sounds like he is probably not going to be signing an extension with the Chargers, although that I think would be something that we would all love. It sounds like maybe he's looking to move on um, to another team potentially. So Mac has a cap number of $38,517,500. Uh, he has a dead cap number of $15.2675 million, which is made up of the restructure, the restructured salary uh, and signing bonus that was restructured um, last year when the Chargers restructured him. That leaves them with a net savings of $23.25 million. Um, I think Mac is obviously still very productive. He has a great deal of value, even with a cap number like this. If the Chargers do trade him prior to June 1, they still have to eat the dead cap, but they they get the savings. So uh, I think it. I think it's more likely that Khalil gets traded, which is sad because we all want him to stay. He's such a good player and he's still so productive. But I think he gets traded to a contender, um, probably, hopefully, for a day two pick, um, if not more. And the Chargers wind up saving $23 million on that move. So this could go down as a cut if they can't find a trade partner that they like. Um, I doubt they cut him after Joe Hortiz, hearing Joe Hortiz talk about, you know, accumulating picks and accumulating players and properly evaluating your assets. Uh, this is an asset. He has a lot of asset in trade. Somebody's going to want him. It sounds like there are a lot of people who want him. So um, I would anticipate a Khalil Mack trade and a $23.25 million savings. And that is going to bring us to an extension. There are three players on this team who are due for extensions. 
I only really worked with one of them for the purposes of this um, this exercise. The three players that I think are worthy of extensions right now are Keenan Allen, Rashawn Slater, and um, Cameron Dicker. Uh, I only gave Allen an extension right now. I think with the money they save from the moves that I'm suggesting, it's entirely possible that Slater gets an extension too. They might wait another year on Dicker because he is an exclusive rights free agent and they can keep him for basically next to nothing. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about a Keenan Allen extension. So what does a Keenan Allen extension look like? Um, before we do anything with his contract, Keenan Allen has a cap number this year of $34.7 million. That is made up of an $18.1 million base salary, uh, restructured salary of $11.617 million, and a roster bonus of $5 million. So my suggestion is you give Keenan a three-year $85 million contract extension. This involves $34 million in base salary, a $24 million signing bonus, a pair of $3.5 million roster bonuses. I'm sorry, one $3.5 million roster bonus in 2027, a $15 million option bonus, which is paid out in 2025, but is amortized or um, prorated over the last three years of the contract, and $8.5 million in guaranteed salary. So basically what this does is, as you can as you can see, we take almost $17 million to $16.6 million um, in base salary that's due to him, the Sudakinian, this year, and we turn it basically into signing, signing bonus and, um, and base salary. Um, and the result of this deal... The way, the way I structured it, which is really based on the extensions that DK Metcalf and Stefan Diggs signed over the last couple of years, um, the Chargers saved $21.6 million against the cap this year with this deal. Now, I know you look at this and you think, why would Keenan take a million and a half dollar base salary? Why would he only take $2.7 million in signing bonus? This is... Um, this is the way these deals are structured. This is the way Metcalf's deal is structured. This is the way um, uh, Stefan Diggs's contract was structured. And the whole idea is you get a year or two of relief for big time, you know, new money in terms of signing bonus and option bonuses. So the $15 million option bonus is something that's huge for Keenan. That gets paid in full in year two and is prorated over the life of the contract. Um, and you kind of you give them kind of a big chunk of the signing bonus in year two um, to sweeten the pot a little bit. So that's what the Keenan Allen extension looks like. We are, again, taking base salary, taking roster bonus. We are spreading money around over the future years of the deal and adding in new money. There is no reason for Keenan to agree to something like this if there is no new money involved. Uh, there is also the possibility they could add void years to help spread out some of these cap hits. It's not, again, not something they've done in the past, um, but it's certainly something they could do uh, with, with you know a largely new front office. Some of these policies could change. Um, 
but it's just it's something they've been adverse to in the past and i'm i'm not sure it's something that we can expect them to do so we have the keenan allen contract extension we have the cuts and the retirement and the trade of khalil mack uh we are now at 49 little over 50 million dollars in cap savings so what we are going to talk about now is some restructures and again you know these are the restructures are something that got the chargers into some trouble last year it's why they're in this situation but they have they kind of have to do it again to be able to get cap compliant it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, next, we are going to talk about a pair of restructures. And those restructures are with Derwin James. And they are with Justin Herbert. I see somebody asking, what about Bosa? Um, and that's a good question. Bosa initially was one of my cuts. And then as I dug more and more into the numbers, I kind of came to the conclusion that Bosa is probably not going to get cut. I was adamant that he would. Uh, but once I dug into the numbers, to me, it looks like there's not a whole lot of benefit to cutting Bosa this year. If you cut Bosa... Uh, you wind up eating $22 million in dead cap for a $14 million savings. Uh, so you're basically in the red on that. Uh, it's kind of a net loss. So you're not really helping yourself all that much. So I think Bosa winds up staying. Uh, there have been some rumors, um, nothing confirmed, nothing from Garrett's guy, but there have been some rumors about 
uh, possible Bosa trade. I I know there was interest in him at the deadline. Um, I know that's something that they've explored. I don't know how realistic it is to expect Bosa to get traded. And I'm not sure what that return would look like for a guy who's always hurt and is rarely on the field. It just seems like a trade for him is really tough and he's going to have to build some value. I don't think an extension makes sense for him because of the injuries and because of the lack of production. You're just not getting the ability that, you know, kind of um, cross section of availability and ability uh, that you need to be able to give him an extension. So I think they write out Bosa's deal and more than likely, if things don't go well this year, they'll cut him next offseason. But my guess is they're probably stuck with Bosa this year just because of the way that contract breaks out uh, if you do cut him this year. So let's talk about restructures. Now, I am not going to show you all the numbers on the restructures. Um, I just didn't have time to make the, uh, the visual aids. But I will break things down for you. So what we have, we're going to start with Derwin James. It's the easiest one to kind of conceptualize. Um, Derwin has a cap number this year of 19, $19,856,494. That is made up of a base salary of $12.75 million, a signing bonus of a little over $7.1 million, and uh, $3.415 million of his base salary is is fully guaranteed, or it will be uh, come the third day of the new league year. So because a little over $3.4 million of his base salary is fully guaranteed, um, I basically went with a max restructure for Derwin, which means I took $9,334,471 of base salary in 2024, and I converted it to signing bonus money, which means that it is again prorated, or if you want to use this word amortized over the life of the deal for the next three years. Um, and what that leaves us with is $3.4 million in guaranteed salary, uh, a little over $10.2 million in bonus money, signing prorated signing bonus money, and a total cap hit of $13.6 million. So you are saving $6.2 million this year by converting $9.3 million of Derwin's base salary into signing bonus. So basically what we wind up with is a cap number of um, $27 million next year for Derwin and a cap number of... $28 million in 2026. So we buy some breathing room with Derwin. Um, we wind up, you know, really saving $6 million and change uh, this year against the cap by restructuring him. And it's kind of a, you know, make or break season for Derwin of, hey, you got to perform or you may not be here for, for more than another year or two. But overall, that's a $6.2 million total savings against the cap. And that brings us to Justin Herbert. Now this one I am going, no, I'm not going to show it to you. It's too much. Um, <clears throat> so when Justin signed his deal last year, 
his deal included a pair of option bonuses, one of which was $50.6 million. It was paid on the third day of the league year, new league year last year, but it was, again, prorated over the life of the contract. And then um, there's another one coming this year, which is $49 million, if I'm not mistaken. And again, prorated over the life of the deal. So in 2024 and 2025, he has $19,240,000. I'm sorry, $29,240,000 in prorated um, in prorated option bonus money that is due to him. And what the Chargers can do is they can take that $29 million and change, convert it, into signing bonus and they can amortize it over the life or prorate it over the life of the contract, which spans six years. And in doing that, they reduce Derwin's cap hit this year from $19,345,000. No, that's not right. Yeah, that's right. They can they can reduce Herbert's cap number to four, a little over fourteen million dollars by doing this. Um, and what you wind up getting is a total cap savings of twenty four million three hundred sixty six thousand six hundred sixty six dollars and seventy cents. So that winds up being a savings of a total savings between Derwin. And Justin of another $30,589,000 in change. And what that brings us to with this exercise of cuts, retirements, restructures, and extensions is a total savings of $114,339,647.37. So, what that means for the Chargers is they go from being $55 million in change over the salary cap to being almost $59 million under the salary cap with the moves that I've outlined tonight. So those deals are really set up to help the Chargers obviously clear, clear some cap space. They're probably going to need somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to $25 million to re-sign the free agents they want to bring back. Plus, they're going to need, um, obviously, money to be players in the free agent market. And they might be looking at extensions for Slater and for Dicker. So I think this is an opportunity for the Chargers to save some money, to move some money around, and give themselves some flexibility in their first year with Jim Harbaugh. I'm not sure that I really think they're going to be big time players at the top end of the market. I just, I, that's not really the philosophy the Ravens typically follow. Um, I think they're going to be more mid market players, which is fine. They can fill out the roster, get some depth, maybe get some comp picks from some guys they sign um, and really build out the roster and, and finish it off in the draft. So that is, that's my cap exercise. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I thought it was going to be a lot longer. We're at 31 minutes. Um, why don't we do this? Uh, I've got a few minutes. 
why don't you guys fire some questions at me and I'll do my best to answer them. Uh, I did want to address one thing. T says $32 million per Kean in 2027 is gross. Uh, yeah, I agree. However, he won't be here in 2027. So if you look, I'm going to bring up his slide again so you guys can see what it looks like. Uh, if you look at Keenan's slide, what this really turns out to, and I should have pointed this out before, is this basically, it's a three-year extension, but it really probably winds up being a one to two-year extension. The contract is backloaded. That roster bonus um, in 2027 is kind of the trigger for the Chargers to cut Keenan. And he's probably not going to be here past 2026, no matter what you do with the contract. So you try to set this up as favorably as you can in 2024 and 2025. You get to 2026, you reevaluate. Chances are he's probably done. And you cut him. And if you cut him in 2025, you wind up with... Hang on one second here. So if you cut Keenan in 2020 after the 2025 season, you wind up saving yourself. I'm sorry, after the 2026 season, you wind up saving yourself $21.5 million against the cap and only eating $11 million. So that's a huge win, I think. I think that's that's why I set that contract up the way I did. I never intended for Keenan to be here in 2027. If he's here through 2026, that's a huge win. You're probably looking to cut him by that time anyway, as much as people don't want to hear that. Uh, Keenan's not going to play forever, and you're getting to that point where he's getting a little long in the tooth, and I think you're looking to get rid of him after the 2026 season anyway. Um, so hopefully that answers that question. Let's see. We got a question from Kim. I'm going to throw that up there. So Kim says, money-wise, Khalil is more expensive. But unavailability-wise, Bosa is much more expensive because you end up needing to sign a mid-season replacement. I just think... You know, Bosa is going to be really hard to trade because he's never available. Khalil is a, a hotter commodity right now. I mean, he had a borderline defensive player of the year season this year in his age 32 season. And he's probably got two or three years left, which is why I I initially started out thinking, oh, we got to, we got to extend him. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I think he's going to wind up either getting cut or... Um, getting traded. What do I think of the rehiring of Shane Day? Um, kind of like I am with a lot of the offensive moves that the Chargers are making right now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I don't love it. I'm not going to say I hate it. I'm willing to give. Um, 
I'm willing to give him a chance, but it, I mean, I don't, I don't really think Herbert has grown demonstrably over the last couple of years. I don't necessarily think he grew um, in 2022 when Shane Day was his offensive coordinator. I'm not sure you can point to any one thing that, that Day really helped him with. And I think mechanically, footwork-wise, re- release point-wise, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things going on. The offensive line not playing well, Herbert getting hurt, a lot of things going on there. But there was a regression in his mechanics um, in 2022 that I think needs to be addressed. And I, I'm not sure Shane Day is the guy to do that. But my guess is, just based on what we've heard about the relationship with Shane Day, Herbert probably requested that. And if that's going to make him comfortable and makes him feel like he's going to play better and he trusts Shane Day, then it's kind of like what I, my thoughts with Roman and Harbaugh. I mean, if, if he trusts Shane Day, who am I to say he's wrong? Um, it just doesn't do anything for me. I, I hope that answers your question. I hope that's – it's not much of an answer, but I hope that I hope that answers your question. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, I see a question about the San Diego move and LA move. Uh, sorry, Kevin, I'm not going to touch that. Uh, I don't, I have a hard and fast rule. I don't talk about that move anymore. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Do we have any more questions? Does anybody have any questions they want to throw my way? I am happy to take a few more questions before I go. So put them in the chat and we will do what we can to answer them. Let's see. Here's a good one. What would Matt get for trade value? So if you listen to the show and or if you're in the Discord, you know that the Ravens came calling for Joey Bosa for a fourth-round pick at the trade deadline. And Bosa has not really been healthy for like three years. So Mac is coming off a borderline defensive player of the year season this year. He's shown that he's obviously still got gas left in the tank, plenty of juice left. Um, I would have to say, I mean – with the season he had, maybe a day two pick. Um, you've got to account the age. You've got to account the fact that he's only got a one-year deal. So whoever trades for him might want to add some years onto his contract. Um, and if not, he's really expensive. So maybe you give somebody a chance to restructure his deal or extend his deal um, and move some money around. But, I mean, I, I'd be starting with a third-round pick. Um my goal would be a second round pick, but that might be a bit rich. I would say at least a, at least a third, just based on the season he just had, and based on what we know the interest was for Bosa at the trade deadline. So thanks for the question, Nicholas. I hope that answered your question. From Josh Suarez, all the way from Beijing. Holy shit, that's a long way. Thanks for checking in, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, Josh says, happy Chinese New Year. What's the furthest you'd be willing to move back in the draft? Um, I'm always a big fan of moving back. I think 
this could be a year where we actually see it, uh, particularly if something crazy happens in the first round um, and maybe one of the top quarterbacks falls past the top three picks or somebody feels like they want to jump up and grab one of those top quarterbacks. If he slips, um, Chargers are actually a really good spot. Somebody might want to trade up for neighbors. They might want to trade up for one of the offensive linemen. So in terms of how far I would move back, um, I would say uh, ideally somewhere in the 10 to 15 range would probably be my cap. Um, but you never know. It depends on what the offer is, and it depends on who the Chargers are targeting. I mean, if you're talking offensive linemen in the first round, maybe you can move back to the, the mid to late first, like 15 to 20 range. But personally, I'd rather be in the 10 to 15 range. Thank you for the question, Josh, and happy Chinese New Year to you too. Um, what else do we have? Uh, James Harrod says, any thoughts on Antonio Gates not getting a nod for the Hall of Fame? Um, I, how can I put this? Um, I love Antonio Gates. I think Antonio Gates is a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, he is one of my all-time favorite Chargers, probably top three or four. Love him. Clearly one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think what hurt him, just from a, a logical, analytical standpoint, is he played in the same era as a lot of amazing, potentially Hall of Fame caliber tight ends. He played at the same time as uh, Tony Gonzalez. He crossed paths a little bit with Shannon Sharp. He played at the same time as Gronk, um, Jimmy, um, no, I'm blanking on his name, the kid from Miami. Um, uh, can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the kid that played in New Orleans, um, Jimmy Graham, who was a, a red zone, huge red zone threat. Um, you know, Greg Olson, Witten. I mean, there were so many good tight ends in his era. He even played, he crossed paths with Kelsey. Um, as much as we love him, it's easy for people on the East Coast to look at it and say, was he ever even the best tight end in his conference, in his division? Was he a top five tight end in the NFL when he played? I mean, the answer is yes. But if we didn't watch him play on a day-to-day -day basis and you see that he had no postseason success and you see that he, he put up numbers, but the more and more people are looking at those numbers and saying, oh, he's just a stat pattern. That's a new line. Somebody puts up, you know, record-setting numbers and it's, oh, he's a stat pattern. I don't believe that, but that's how people might look at it. So in my, you know, I was not surprised he didn't make it in the first, in the first go around. I do think he will get in. He will probably get in next time. Um, but I think he got hurt by the fact that there were so many good tight ends in his, in his era. And there were tight ends that these writers probably saw play a lot more than he, than he, than him and were biased towards for whatever reason. So he just got hurt by an abundance of talent at the position. I think that did not do him any favors. And I'm sure I'm going to get roasted for that comment at some point. But um, that's my, those are my thoughts on it. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Kim asks, any free agent re-signings aside from Dicker, maybe Gilman? 
Um, yes. I have a handful of free agents that I do think the Chargers will bring back. I think it's a little bit harder to predict now with a whole new regime in, and they're going to value people in a different way. Um, but, and this isn't the answer you're looking for, but I'm going to throw it out there. We have an internal free agent show coming out probably next week, and you're going to have to wait for that. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not going to give the goods away. So sorry, Kim. I love you, but I'm not going to spoil that show a week in advance. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Cor Leo asked corner in the draft or free agency? Uh, why not both? Their, their secondary is, how do I put this nicely? It's kind of trash right now. They need a lot of help in the secondary. Um, do they bring back Michael Davis? I would say probably not. Um, they're going to have to make a decision on extending Zot. Uh, I do think they will probably bring back um, one of their free agent corners. I'm not going to say who, but I think he played pretty well down the stretch and probably earned a second shot on the roster, at least on a one-year, maybe two-year deal. Um, but they need to build out that that secondary room. They're probably going to need to go out and find either a slot corner or a mid-level corner in free agency. And they're probably going to have to draft a corner inside of the first four rounds um, just because they need to rebuild that in, in Minter's vision. And right now he probably wants to burn that group to the ground. So yeah, I think both more than likely in some form or fashion. I, I don't trust Jasir Jackson I'm Jasir Jackson. I don't trust Jasir Taylor, I should say. Um, I don't I think Dean Leonard has some traits that are that that you can that I like, but I don't want him out there on a regular basis. Um they just don't have a lot of depth. They don't have anybody to fall back on. That room's gonna have to be completely rebuilt. What else do we have? Um It's a good question. Do a couple more and then I got to get out of here. Uh, I'm Sky says, was it a mistake not taking that fourth round pick from the Ravens for Bosa? I mean, yeah, you could look at it and say it was. The Chargers were at a point where I think most of us looked at that roster and said, they're probably not going to make a run. As much as you want to be optimistic and hope that they're going to make a run, they had so many issues. And both in terms of what was going on on the field and on the sideline. And, it, you know, the pragmatic way to look at it would have been to say, let's start rebuilding now. Let's start tearing it down. Um, and, yeah, I think taking a fourth for Bosa probably would have been smart, uh, but they wanted more. I think they wanted a third, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I think that's something that, well, Telesco's gone, so he can't look back at it and regret it. But it's definitely something they should have looked into because that the team wasn't going anywhere and Bosa's never healthy. And you, you gotta take him, you gotta take what you can get at some point. So we'll see what happens. I think he's gonna be on the roster this year. I don't think they're gonna be able to trade him, but we shall see.
right now, assuming Cody Young says right now, assuming the team stays at five is your preference for wide receiver or offensive line. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I've been pounding the table for a more explosive wide receiver for God, what seems like five years now. Uh, they need to get younger. They need to get faster and more explosive and they need to get less expensive at the in the wide receiver room. So, and I, I you know, you guys know what I think of QJ. I'm not a fan. I, I'm sure he has the athletic traits. He's probably going to wind up being reasonably productive. I don't know that he was worth a first round pick. Um, I obviously wanted Zay Flowers. I think drafting another wide receiver really helps him and helps Keenan and helps Herbert. It just makes everybody better and puts everybody in more suitable roles for them. I think, um, and it's hard to argue against offensive line. I mean, they've taken an offensive lineman in two out of the last three years in the first round. Will they make it three out of four? Possibly. I, I have a feeling we're going to see a trench pick. I, I Just a gut feeling. I haven't really started a deep dive on the draft yet. <clears throat> I just kind of get this feeling that we're looking at probably an offensive lineman or an edge player or something along those lines in the first round. I'm not sure wide receivers in the cards. Um, but... I would love neighbors. Absolutely love him. I think he's perfect. He is the perfect complement to Keenan Allen. He'd fit in beautifully on this team. He'd make this offense so much better and so much more fun and so much more explosive. I'm just not sure it's in the cards right now. Hopefully, but I'm not sure it is. All right. I think that's going to do it. I got to get get out of here and go have dinner with the fam and, and, and spend some time with my wife and kids. I've been, uh, you know, recording for you guys for the last three nights. So it's time for some family time. So love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, looking forward to really launching the off season stuff this in the next couple of weeks, probably starting with the internal free agents next week and then really getting into the nitty gritty with the draft. So, Thank you all very much. I had fun. I I hope you guys had fun. Hopefully you learned something about the cap tonight and the Chargers cap situation. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Have a good one.